If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spoofy, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make podcasts in one place. Mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to to the third episode of God's Internet Church Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver. We are going through the Bible study of the book of Job. And today we're going to look at chapter 3 and 4 because 4 kind of adds to chapter 3. And so does 5, but 5 is able to stand on its own. So we're going to share chapter 3 and chapter 4 with you today, um, right after these messages. We'll be right back. Hello everyone, welcome back to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 3. We're going to start. In on Job chapter 3 and 4. But first a quick review. As we know from Job chapter 1 and 2. That the devil was challenging God. Coming to God in heaven. And challenging God to a couple circumstances. To get Job to curse and sin against God. And the first one was to take all of his kids and possessions away. And livestock. And we found out at the end of chapter 1 that it didn't work. He's still serving God. And he didn't curse God. Then chapter 2, we found out that um, he challenged God to let me do something to his own body. To Joe's body. And then he will definitely curse you and sin against you. God allowed it. Job, even though he's through all this grief and everything, and he's hurting, he still not sinned or cursed God, even when his wife told him he should. Okay, now we're going to go into chapter 3 of Job. And... Just setting the scenes, we ended chapter 2 of uh, Job and his friends sitting for seven days and seven nights in quiet. Now, chapter 3 deals with Job starting to speak. Now, at this point, it looks like Job had time to think about things, and now this is the way he feels, and... In a way, I'm going to say he's venting, okay? So let's go to chapter 1 of Job 3, and it says, 
After this, op- after this opened Job his mouth and cursed, and cursed his day. And Job spect and said, "Let the day perish when I was born, and night in which it was said, there is a man's child conceive. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above." Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let the cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day tarry it as the night. Let darkness seize upon it. Let not be joined unto the day of the year. Let it not come into the numbers of months. Lo, let the night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Then let them curse it, that curse the day, who are ready to rise up in the morning. Let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Let us look for light, but have done. Neither let it see the dawning of days, because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from my eyes. Why die not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees present me, or thy breasts, that I should suck? For now should I have lain still and been quiet I should have slept and then have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth would build desolated places for themselves or with prince that have gold who filled the house with silver or has hidden untimely births I have not been as an infant which saw never saw the light there's the wicked cease from troubling and the and their weary be at rest. There the prisoners rest thereof, that hear the voices of the oppressor. Small and great are there, and the servants is free from its master. Wherefore is light given to him that is misery, and life unto the bitter soul, which long for death, but it cometh not, and digs it more than for his treasure which rejoice seedingly, and are glad when they can find the grave. Why is the light given to a man whose way is hid, whom God has helped in, hedged in? For by shining come before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like water. For the things which I greatly fear is come upon me, and which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither has I rested, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. So here we are, as I said, we're setting the scenes that Job set seven days and seven nights with his three friends quietly. So, and I believe at this time he was contemplating everything that happened. Losing his livestock, his possessions, his kids. And now he's got this typical boils and stuff all over his body. But he 
did not curse God, and he did not sin. But before we get into chapter 3, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to take a coal as heaven's altar and anoint these lips of clay, Lord. Let everything I say be what you want, and let everything I say be the way you want it. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as always, I have six thoughts here that I got from Job chapter 3 and 4. The sixth thought deals with chapter 4. So we're going to talk about the first five. And first thing that I observed that jumped out at me when I was reading this, which which was for most of the chapter, was Job did wish that he was not born. He wished that he was not born. Now, basically, I think Job's thinking here was, if I wasn't born, none of this calamity, none of this thing would have happened. His kids wouldn't have suffered the pain that they suffered in their death. His livestock wouldn't suffer pain that of their death or being took into other lands. Um, his servants that got killed wouldn't have suffered the pain. And the families that of those servants that he had wouldn't have suffered the pain of the loss like he's suffering the pain of the loss of his family. He wouldn't have suffered the pain of listening to his wife telling him to curse God and die. And basically, in this mindset, if he wasn't born, none of this tragic stuff would have happened. That's true. But Job also has got to realize here, he was born and God had a plan for his life. And if he wasn't born, if he wasn't born, maybe the livestock that he acquired during this time in his life would have been owned to a guy that would have abused him. His wife might would have married somebody that would have abused her or other things. His servants might have been in a place where they were in a mess. All right. And this best exacts from, like, I like to use illustrations from movies and TVs shows because sometimes these, I think when the creator of these shows and movies, they're putting this message from, you know, what they see from the Bible and their experiences. We There's a popular Christmas show out there called I can't think of the name right now. And it's so popular. James Bailey was in it. It's a wonderful life. Thank you. And his wonderful life show, you know, he always had, he was the good guy and he always had trouble. He got his ear hurt when he was a kid. Um, he saved his boss from um, going to jail when he was young because he made a, he got bad news that 
his son was killed in the war or lost in the war and he he filled the prescription wrong and he saved it and made things right and where the kid got the right prescription to take to the people um he had to give up his trip to send his brother to college and and then the war happened and then he lost his trip there cuz he lost going on this trip again because he had to send his brother to uh well his brother went to the army and that put things on hold because the brother cuz his father died and so Jim had to stay there also and run the company until his brother came back from college well his brother went to the war he came back and but before he went to the war his brother decided to take a job with his wife that he married and that they didn't know about um and he decided to go work for his father-in-law instead of taking over his responsibility as he's promised to do taking over the job for Jim Bailey. Then he got married and he saved his money and now we're going to go on that trip on that honeymoon. Well, then the depression happened. All the monies, you know, in the banks were called, loans were called, people, you know, money traveled and he took all of his money that he had for the trip to give people what they needed for the business to get them through. And basically, he got trapped in this life of something he, that he really didn't want to do. Except we'd be with his wife. Well, time went on. He never got to go on that trip. He had kids. And then another tragic day came for the company. His uncle um, lost the money. And they went up to the owner of the bank. And he kept the money. And then he, he turned it in that they were fraud. Because the examiner of the books were coming to examine the books. Well, they didn't have the money. So they turned him into the police, and they he went on to a run, and he went to a bar, and and everything, and someone punched him out because he yelled at the teacher's kids and the teacher about his kids, and anyways, it was he got to be sad, and it got to be a point. He crashed his truck and his car into a tree, and he went to the bridge, and he went to go kill himself. Because that's the only thing he could see his way out of though, helping with his family and stuff. But an angel was sent down to save him. <coughs> Excuse me. And as they went down, the man, the angel jumped in the water and they got saved. And Jim Bailey saved them. They went into the, the bridge guard house to get him warmed up and get their clothes dry and while they were sitting there talking he made a comment that he wished that he was never born 
And then he looked at the angel. The angel looked up at heaven and heaven said, well, that would be a good idea. So they created everything that he wasn't born. All right. And he went through the day. Didn't understand it at first, but he went through the day, you know, through the night again and found out that he was never born. And all these changes happened. His mom was living bad and his uncle was in prison and and his dad's business was taken over by that mean old banker and and it's just it was a bad life. Everyone that he touched in his life that he did good with turned out to be bad. And I think even his brother was killed in the war. Because you know in other words, what am I trying to say here? His life influenced people to be better, to be good, and to keep fighting in their lives. And he decides that being born in this life was better than the way the life was without him being born. The angel gives him back to where he was and all the people that he touched, they found out that there was a problem with that money. And they found out that everyone that he helped came and helped him. And there was more money there than what there was would have been in the first place. Because they wanted to make sure this guy was around to help them. And they paid back. So it's important to pay back forward what he did. Now... Later, I think this is the advice that his friends should have gave him. What I just said, not necessarily the um the movie, but the advice of, well, you touched everybody's lives. Well, you think everyone would be without you. But I do understand Job's grief here because you know he he suffered a lot, a loss here, and it was a lot to process. And you know, but if you notice, just because he was. Just because he was in this grief and he didn't wish he was born, he did not curse God and he did not sin. He just cursed the day he was born. Okay? Then the next thought was that he wanted to die. You know, what do I got left here to do on earth? You know, it's just, there's nothing. My wife... You know, she thinks I'm crazy. We don't know if she loved him or not, but she wanted him to curse God and die. He did not sin, but apparently he started listening to his wife a little bit because now he wanted to die because what can I do? I don't have substance. What do I got to live for? My kids are gone. I don't got nothing to live, leave my stuff to that I have left. And why should I live? So, you know, it's those fearings of remorsefulness, you know, it's just too much, so he wants to die. And I'm sure there's some of us that feel that way sometimes. Why should I still be living? I mean, my life basically sucks. And, but you know, living for God, God can turn a mess into a miracle. I've seen him do it. Not just in other people's lives, but in my life. He can take a mess and make up something beautiful out of it. 
But see, before we accept that, we got to realize that, you know, our human stuff, side of us, sometimes it's hurt. And we got to work through that pain. So he's at this point where he wished he wasn't born and he's, and he's dead. Now, he still hasn't gave the devil what he wanted. He wanted, he'd never been born and that he wants to die, but he never cursed God or sinned. Okay. The third thought that came out of this was Job wondering why this terrible come to him when he was a good person and he lived right and he made sure his kids lived right. Well, we all do that in our time to times when we come to God. And when we come to circumstances and we kind of say, Lord, why are we doing, why, why am I doing this? Why am I still alive? I mean, what did I do? And sometimes it's not nothing that we do. It's just life happens, especially now in these days. A lot of people are hurt because of their loved ones are dead because of the coronavirus. Um, the social distances, we can't be with our fans and family. And we're wondering in our own minds, and especially maybe even our kids. And I, I think it's sad that the suicide rates went up when kids and in adults during this time because they're wondering what they have done. Well, you know, sometimes it's not what we have done. Sometimes it's this life happens and we can't blame ourselves for it. All right? And especially when we live right. The Bible says, don't say just because we're Christians, we're going to be exempt from trouble. Sometimes it's the thing like what's going on with Job here. It wasn't his fault. God allowed this to happen, but but it's not God's fault either. It's the devil's fault because the devil is trying to show God, hey, I'm going to take this person out. Well, God knew Job was going to get through this. He knew things were going to get through. Now, if God didn't think Job could get through this or get through this, because you know our God is all-knowing, that he, would, he wouldn't have let the devil do it. But it's the devil doing this to him. And the devil is attacking us, too. But what we got to remember, if we're being attacked, we must be. Then Job remembered this. I lived right. I lived good. Then, you know, we, we must be doing something right if we're being attacked by what's going on in our lives. And that's what Job has to remember here. And it looks like he kind of remembers this, you know, in his wondering why things are going on. Now, these first three thoughts that I shared with you is kind of normal in the time when we're going through tragedy, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Now, now as though he's venting here, like I already said, he's looking back at what happened. But he still not curse God and sin. You know, he made references of how he feels and he wish he wasn't born to see all this tragedy. And then I need to die so I don't see any more. But he did not 
sin against God, like the devil wanted. Now, with all of this, I believe Job was looking for comfort from his friends. See, we, we will see if he gets his friends comfort or not. Now, in other words, he sat here for seven days. He thought about everything. He thought about how he's feeling. And he's stating these feelings to his friends. His three friends that are sitting with him. Now, if I don't, you, if I don't know about you, but if I was with these three friends and I had all this stuff tragically happen to me, I'm going to want these friends to come and just listen to me and comfort me. Well, we're going to find out in the fifth thought here, because that's what Joe Pye was looking for, was comfort. We're going to find out in the fifth chapter, in the sixth thought, if he got that comfort or not. So let's go to the book of Job, chapter number five. I mean, chapter number four, excuse me. Book of Job, chapter number four. And we're going to look at verses one through twenty-one. And forgive me with these names, and we'll get through them. It says, Then Ipsa, the Timpnite, answered and said, If we astray to compete with thee, will thou be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened and weakened hands. Thy words have upholden him, and was fall. And thou hast strengthened the feeble needs. But now it is come upon thee that thou fainteth. It touches thee, and that thou art troubled. It is not at thy fear of, of thy confidence, but thy hope and thy uprights of the way. Remember, I pray thee, or ever perish, being innocent, or where the righteous cuts off. Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity, and slow witnesses reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. The roaring of the lions, and the voice of the fierce lions, and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perish for lack of prey, and the stout lion whelps and scattered abroad. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and mine ears received a little thereof. In thought from the vision of the night, when the deep sleep falls on men, fear came upon me and trembled, which made all my bones to shake. Then the spirit passed before my face, the hair of my flesh stood up. I stood there, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before my eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more than just, just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants and his angels to be changed with foley. How much less in them that dwell in the house of clay, whose foundation is of dust, we which are crushed before the moths. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish for every without any regarded. Do not let their excellence which is in them go away. 
they die even without wisdom. So here we are, like I said, verse chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. We have one of his friends um, start talking. Well, can we share with thee what we think? Can we help thee? You know, and, and this shows here that they were, you know, wanting to help and wanting to comfort them. But there's things that we got to share with you that you're not going to like. And first we see that you were a man. You help people. I seen you help people. It blessed me to watch you help people. You were there for people. Even in their times of trouble. But now you're in your times of trouble. And I wonder what you did that made God mad at you. So basically, they're blaming Job here. Now, these are the ones that are supposed to be comforting him. He's blaming Job here, saying, what did you do to get God mad at you? You did all this, but now you come to the point where now you're sinning against God, and this is why this has happened to you. This is his question to answering Job's question. You did something that turned God against you. And we know from the, he's saying from, you know, if you go against God and you and you sin against God, he's going to destroy you if you don't have yourself right. And I think this is kind of thing that you need to go and repent to God so this tragic stuff can stop happening to you. And then they kind of implied here that maybe Job thought he was better than God. You know, and basically he was telling his friend here that, you know, we die a little bit every day. Our houses, our possessions, and everything die a little bit. How can we um, be better than God? And if we do that, we die with no wisdom. So basically, they're trying to figure out what he did wrong. And then show him that he had so much that maybe he thought that he put too much trust in himself than God and his stuff. Which we know from the first chapter of Job that he didn't. He was a fine man, the upstanding, and he did not do any evil. So I don't know about you, this friend here I could have did without. Because this he needed comfort, not being beat down. And basically, that's what he's being done. He's being beat down by these friends. Um, we come to the end of our time for this podcast today. So we'll go into chapter 5 tomorrow. And I thank you for listening. And you And I like to say, God bless you. And before we do that, um, I want you to join me for God's Internet Church on Facebook. Just go into the search part of Facebook. If you got a Facebook account, put in God's Internet Church. It'll bring up the group. I record live within the broadcast there. Um, but if you don't do it that way, you can always go to God's Internet Church group and watch it a little bit later. 
there through that group and uh, be part of our Sunday night, ser- some Sunday morning, our Sunday services, ser- sermons, services with sermon and worship. And we start that about 10 o'clock. But like I said, we came to the end of our time with pot- the, the podcast here. I'd like to say God bless you and see you next time on God's Internet Church Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Weaver, saying have a good, blessed day and keep yourself safe and talk to you again tomorrow. God bless you.